You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. All right. Man, I was ready to preach. I forgot I got to tell you all the good news. The other good news. All right, let's just go ahead and put this. Just for your, uh, we just put a little, uh, they used to call it a slideshow, missionary report, whatever, you know, of all the stuff that's going on. If you just go ahead and start that, turn the volume up. We'll just let it happen.
Hallelujah. Amen. Didn't want you guys to think that we were just shoveling snow all winter. Although, although I was. Although we did it, yes, we did. I uh, just want you to know we have some great opportunities before us. There at the end you saw a, uh, an older couple, uh, Frank and Marie Drown. That's my uncle's uncle. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the, or saw the movie End of the Spear about the five missionaries that were killed by the, the people down in South Africa, the natives of South America. Uh, that's his family. Frank flew the plane in to go pick up and bury the bodies uh, because that was the missionary organization at that time that started this radio station in Pickle Lake. Frank is one of the last remaining... <laughs> No, he's 91, and we have an opportunity to, to, we don't know exactly how it's going to take place, but we have an opportunity to, to either be uh, a very large influence on the radio station uh, and the ministry that that projects to and or absorb it into our ministry totally and then just begin to promote the gospel of grace, peace, Christ, righteousness throughout all Canada. I mean, you can't, you can't plan this. You, you can't set this up. And uh, we've had several, we did a, there was another picture in there of a conference that uh, we took place in, in January. We had 41 people register. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but you don't understand where we're at. <laughs> Parker's Prairie is not a, there's not a, not a, people came from all over. They came from Fargo. They came from Minneapolis. They drove we had 41 people register. We had 45 at the end of the meeting. Not one person went home during the day. Not one person said, well, I, I, my back hurts. I've got to leave. Uh, and, we just, and we just took them from the beginning of the word. From, we took them from before in the beginning all the way through and just showed them how God... The, the name of the conference was The Mystery, uh, Mystery Revealed, Mystery of the Ages Revealed, how throughout time God was doing something and to the point of where he has done it now at Calvary and has made his sons. And they were just, you know, these are Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Baptist. Um, we had a tremendous joy. Uh, we had a worship night the night before, and a lady that's been coming to our Freedom Fellowship who has gone to nothing but Lutheran stuff all her life. Uh, was, she'd been coming to our Freedom Fellowship hearing something that she had never heard, and she started bringing her sister because it was just revolutionizing her heart. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Why is it revolutionizing your heart? And because she was willing to step out of the box, uh, she came to this Friday night worship with joy leading and the spirit presence. And a lady came up to her and says, I think God wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? She said, no. <laughs> they don't do that, you see, in the Lutheran church. And it says, she looked around and saw no one else was getting prayed for. She says, no, that's all right. Thank you. And so the lady that we knew that this happened just stood there like this, stepped behind her and just began to pray in the spirit. And this lady said that she felt, this Lutheran lady said she felt two hands come down and touch her on the back. And he went up and down her spine she thought the lady was touching her 
She's still healed today. She's still healed today. Telling everybody about it. Just in the just in the midst of worship, just in, you know, something happened in her heart. She was willing to, okay, God, you may be bigger than what I've heard you to be big. You know, you may be bigger. Maybe I've heard a message that has demagnified instead of magnified. And uh, she began she began to receive a healing. And, and then she stayed for the conference, and her sister was there. And, and it was just a great thing. People came from all over. Uh, we've done a scientific creationism class. And, and uh, there's, been a, there's been several times we've had the, the, the wood structure you saw, for those that don't know this. We have two ministries going on, one in St. Cloud, Minnesota. We meet on Sundays. And then one on in Parker's Prairie at the old family farm that you saw it's not a working farm with cows. It's, it was my grandfather's farm. from, from that The building was built back in the mid-1800s in logs, and they've re, we've redone it and made a, a, brought in septic and water and electric and plumbing, and, and that's what we've been doing during the summer, make, making it a place for ministry in the future. And we can sit probably 25 people in, the, in that fireplace room, and we can take that same 25 people and cram them in the kitchen for fellowship. And we're, we're, we, our plans are to build the hay barn that was on the back originally, which was 58 by 50, attached to that. And that's the next phase. That's where there's going to be the, the meeting room, the event center, the conference, the sanctuary, the, the, the place for big stuff to happen. And the rest, and there was a picture there of a building that's going to be made in, turned into a cabin. Uh, it's made out of the same logs from the 1800s. It's going to be a place for missionaries to come and just rest, or families to come and rest and just spend time on the farm, eating good garden food. Man, can I garden? I tell you what, you, we had a 7,000 square foot garden. That was my practice garden. <laughs> This year it's going to be even bigger. We had people coming from Parker's Prairie. Now they've been farming all their life. But they came to our garden and picked. Wow. And we're, we're, people say, well, how much are you going to charge? We're not going to charge a thing. Yep, we've got people going to be coming from Alexandria. We've got people coming from Wilmer, St. Cloud. To, to, be, to build community on the farm. Amen. And just share and eat, eat the same good food all together. That's 150 years. Where that garden is, 150 years of barnyard. That's the nice way to say it. <laughs> it's good dirt. Yeah, it's just, we'll talk more about this, but I want to thank you so much for your giving. If you're not aware of this, you have been blessing us every month financially. You just didn't kick us out of here. Well, I shouldn't say it that way, but... Anyway, you sent us out of here as a seed, as a, an extension of ministry of, this is what you're doing. Wow. This is what you're doing. Matter of fact, you can come help me shovel snow. No, <laughs> yeah, You saw that one building? After the, the first snow was nice and gentle. After that, you couldn't even see the building. I mean, th that was the rooftops. I couldn't get to the building I planned on getting to to spend my winter. Poor Joy. <laughs> and, uh, and the Discipleship Training Center is, that's, that's why we have to build all those buildings for the Discipleship Training Center. Yes. Everything on the farm has to be restored, brought up to code. And uh, uh, we just had, uh, there were four Amish boys that were kicked out of their community. And I'm just going, man, if we just could have been ready to take in people. 
it had been a great place for them to come and live for eight months and, and get the religion out and get relationship in. They've been hearing about a God all their life, and I wanted to introduce them to the Father. You see what I'm saying? And Mo, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Cast, uh, Cat, all these denominations, all they know about is God, and they are so afraid. And all they've been hearing about since we started getting up there is the Father. And they're just like, you saw, I don't know if you noticed the clientele that came at the conference there. Look at the ones that's coming to receiving to hear the message of the Father, heart of God. Them being a son instead of a servant. Man, it had changed the way you live. It had changed the way you move. It had changed your very being. In Him we live and move and have our being, our identity as sonship. Man, you'll start being about the Father's business instead of your own. Man, when you find out you're stewards of your daddy's business, ooh, watch the change. Amen? But I want to thank you for your faithful, faithful, faithful financial and spiritual prayer support. Uh, literally, uh, I, I don't want to say it was, do what? It, it was, and there's opportunity in the future. We're not growing smaller. Remember, we are an extension of you, and we need your help for the rest to come. It's that simple. And uh, thank you. And I am a finisher. That's right. That's a good word. It depends on the people around me. <laughs> As Linda knows, you know, I can get it done. I just tell her to do it. But see, that's, what, that's the way I see this. That's stewardship, you know. God's give you people like Linda, Wanda, and other people. And I can get it done. I, just, I learned a long time, long time ago, you can get a lot more done in life if you don't worry about who gets the credit. You know, you know what God spoke to me this morning? I'm just, okay, are we done with the advertisements? We need your prayers. We need your finances. It's not over. We're just beginning. I tell you, we're going to be touching more people for the glory of God than, think about it. We just thought it was just us a long time ago. Now look what's happening. There were, how many churches here this weekend? 20 or so churches represented here this weekend. This ministry here in Durant, Oklahoma is touching thousands. And it's just begun. This church, let me tell you, this church needs your faithful, ongoing, regular, heartfelt, purpose-driven giving on a regular basis. In addition to that, if you want to plant seed in good ground, I got a 150-year-old. No, never mind. <laughs> We've got good ground. We've got all of Canada that is almost made available to us. Uh, there's 40 children in this town of Pickle Lake talking to Israel about bringing the youth up, beginning a program where they can come up part of the trip, stay on the farm for a couple days, then go <clears throat> another 16 hours further north. That's cold, isn't it? She's over. Ah, ah, ah. That's what. In the summer, of course. Now they can't drive. <laughs> well, it is. It's it's almost up to Hudson Bay. It's it's it's, it's there's Thunder Bay and Hudson Bay. If you draw a line. 
That's it's 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 on the way up. It's now you can't drive 80 miles an hour on these roads up there, so that's another reason it's not, you know. So, but anyway, we're good ground. We're still part of you, and you're still part of us. I guarantee you, we thought about you many, many times this winter. <laughs> How warm it was down here. <laughs> amen and amen. Do I? Oh, I tell you what, when you're, uh, when you're unloading a trailer, I tell you, the, the, I, the, I, I, when you're unloading a trailer, one reason we moved from the, we, we were in the hotel having meetings, and we moved, we bought, we rented an apartment that had a clubhouse, and from the clubhouse now we don't have to set up our equipment all the time, we just leave it in the apartment, it's all connected, but we were, listen, it was 30 below, and I don't know what the windshield was, 57 below, and I'm out there unloading a the trailer, taking the sound equipment out, <laughs> trying to take it in it's like I'll let you know you you got to be called <laughs> there's a term up there they call it the frozen chosen and uh, we understand amen it's accurate. it's accurate hallelujah all right are you ready and thank just thank you so much you 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 don't know what you're doing when you when you give what you give you just don't know how many people you're blessing. See, up north, they don't understand the giving thing. You know, they, they, they just, they're just religious. They don't know how to give out of the purpose of their heart. You know, they just, but they're going to learn. Amen? Because that's part of life. That's part, that's part of, uh, you know, you know, what, you know what a, when a person gives from his heart, you know what that is? That's a sign of a healed heart. It's a sign of a healed heart. So I just thank you. Amen and amen. All right. Let's open up your scriptures this morning. I broke my glasses. I was dancing up here on the front, and it reminded me of a joke. It has nothing to do with the message. I'm going to tell it anyway. What do you get when an elephant sits on a fence? A new fence. What do you get when a 250-pound pastor steps on his glasses during the worship service? New glasses. All right, let's go on. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15. Now this is a very simple, simple message. Uh, and I'm going to save the simple part for the end. I'm going to confuse you in the beginning, like most pastors do. And, uh, but it really is a simple message, and it really is all about you this morning. I want you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He began to tell the world that he came to teach about a kingdom. Or something that they didn't hear. He didn't come to teach them the message or the scripture or the word that they had been hearing for years. He came to teach them something different that came out of the scripture that they had been hearing for years. There was a concept, there was an idea. They knew God as God, but he knew God as Father. And he came to introduce him to Father, not to introduce him to God. Because in the kingdom that he was talking about, God has sons that call him Father. We need to understand that if you're in the kingdom of heaven, once you're born again, the scripture says that you're translated into the kingdom and we call him Father. The scripture says when you're born again, there's a spirit that's placed within you that cries out, Abba, Father, it is a 
kingdom of relationships. Jesus went out through all the synagogues teaching the message of the kingdom. He went into the churches and taught the message of the kingdom. He began to talk about God being his father. It was so contrary to their information that they wanted to kill him. They thought it was disrespectful to see God as father. So Jesus began to preach them a message uh, about the kingdom. In the book of Matthew, it says the kingdom of heaven is like unto this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto this. The kingdom of heaven. Jesus went about teaching the message of the kingdom of heaven that was at hand, that was near, that was close. There's a passage of scripture that Jesus talks about. He talks about the, the, the unjust steward, or you might want to say, why are we always negative? Why always talk about the unjust steward? Why don't we talk about the two just stewards? Why isn't this, a, oh, let's talk about the, the title up there, the two just stewards. No, we're always looking at the negative. Man, I hate that. You know, well, we're not going to talk about, we're going to talk about that, but not in detail. We don't have time for that. But what we need to understand in Matthew 25, where it talks about the unjust steward, the unjust steward down, he says, the reason that he didn't take the one talent that his master gave him and did something with it, he just buried it. And the reason was, does anybody know what the reason was? It said, the reason I, because he says, I knew you to be harsh, a taskmaster, a hard God, a hard master. So what's that tell us? That means the just stewards knew him not to be hard. Isn't that something? They had a diff their knowledge base was different than the unjust. What you know will depend and determine on what you do. I love what the scripture says in 2 Peter. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the what? Through the knowledge. How many people have knowledge of God? Everybody goes to church. But do they have the right knowledge of God? The scripture says this, that grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord see if you have the right knowledge of God and the right knowledge of Jesus our Lord you will have grace and peace be multiplied to you I ask the question do you have grace and peace do you have a revelation of grace and peace if you don't have a re relationship of grace and peace you don't have the right knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord see there's some knowledge of God him being your father. And Jesus our Lord, that he died for you and it's his righteousness that will make all the difference. That's why it says in the book of Romans. Everybody turn to the book. Oh, you're already there. Book of Romans. Book of Romans chapter 14. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but, everybody say righteousness, peace, and joy, in the Holy Ghost. 
That's what the scripture is telling us that the kingdom of heaven is on this earth. The kingdom of God is, is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I jump right over to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in Doing? In believing. There is joy and there is peace in believing. Not in doing. You're going to receive, let me do it this way. You're going to receive joy in your life and peace in your heart when you believe. Believe what? I believe that the stoplight's going to turn to a gold light. No, you can believe. no, if you believe the right thing, what are we supposed to believe? Well, wait a minute. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and... Wait a minute. Joy and peace is mentioned in there. Where's righteousness? That's what we're supposed to be believing. Once you believe, and only when you believe that through Jesus Christ you're made righteous is the moment when joy and peace comes into your life. When you realize, when you finally get to the place in your life where you don't believe it's all about you, but it's all about Him, that's when you can be at joy and peace in your life. When you as a good steward, as a son being about your father's business, Jesus was a good steward. He was about His father's business. Man, I love the parable of the, the, the just stewards. Do you realize this? That the just stewards knew that the five talents that they were given wasn't theirs. It was their master's. And they took those five talents and made five more and gave it all. It did. How much did they give back to the how much how much did they give back to the master? Because they knew him to be just. They knew him to be the master. They didn't take ownership. They took stewardship and multiplied what the master gave them. And this is what the master said. Enter the joy of the Lord. I saw that and I started getting excited. I said, wait a minute. Let me put all this together. If I believe in Christ's righteousness that it's, it's, it's through him that he... he he who knew no sin became sin, took all my sin, and I can take on all his righteousness just by believing. And in the fact of, in the God of hope is going to give me hope that I can believe what's been, see, the just stewards gave. Now watch this. Jesus, or the, the master said, enter the joy of the Lord. The Lord had already Bless them with more. Is that what the scripture says? In the, in the story of the, the just stewards, once they had the, the master gave to them, they were faithful, they gave back to the master, and because of all that, then the master gave them everything. And then he said, enter the joy. It wasn't until they had everything that the see. The master got happy because of what they did. 
and we need to get happy because of what he did. See, the joy of the Lord. See, you're going to experience the joy of the Lord when you realize, when you believe in what He's done. You believe in His righteousness, not the righteousness. You believe in what He's done, that everything that pertains to life and godliness is already yours. The promises of God are yes and amen. See, because you, you're made happy. You can go through things as you once you believe the right Everybody say right thing. There's a movie out there called The Right Stuff. Everybody's got stuff, but it's not the right stuff. Everybody's believing. There was a time when you believed that you were the most important person on earth. Do you still believe that? Well, maybe you still might do, but you're not. See, just because you believe something doesn't mean it's true. Well, this is what I believe. So, what's the truth say? A lot of people go to church and believe the wrong thing. This scripture, it says, the book of Romans says, listen, that joy and peace is going to come through believing the right thing. The right thing. I told you I was going to make this confusing before we got on with it. See, there's a life that we are to live. There's a race that we are to run. And there's a, a term that we hear all the time called salvation. And we were teaching this in a series, and we've taught some of the series before when we were here, but we were teaching this in St. Cloud, and, and we're teaching on the kingdom of heaven and righteousness and joy and peace. And, and uh, we, we were talking about joy, and that's where this, this came from, and I heard this for you. And... Uh, See, salvation is not for heaven. Salvation is for earth. If you understand what the word salvation means, it means healed, delivered, prospered, made whole, complete. You don't need to be healed, delivered, prospered, and made whole and complete in heaven. You will be. Salvation is the part of your relationship that you experience on earth through your confession. That's what it says in Romans 10.10. That your right standing comes by believing... But salvation comes through your confession. What you experience on earth by your confession. By you confessing what you believe, you'll experience it on earth. And as the great man of God, one of the best preachers I've heard in years, preached this weekend, he said, if you're done with your ministry, just go ahead and shut up. Man, that was hot. Pastor Israel stood up and told a bunch of pastors. You don't understand. Pastor Israel stood right here and told a bunch of pastors that if they're not, this, I'll paraphrase it. If you're not speaking faith about your ministry, you're done with it. Woo! I'm going to watch what I say. I'm not done. Then he's taught John the Baptist's daddy was speaking negative, so God shut him up. Man, oh, that was revelation right there. He may have got that out of a book. I don't know, maybe the book. That was good preaching. Let me get back to my message. I'm sorry, were you, were you going to save that for them? 
Oh, you can preach it anywhere. That's good preaching. I'm, I'm just, I was good preaching. That was, that was hot stuff. Anyway, there's, a, there, there's a, a term that we use throughout churchdom. It's called salvation. We really don't even, a lot of people don't even understand really what it is. But salvation is what experiences here on, on earth. How many people are saved? It in a nice, simple way to not embarrass anybody that doesn't raise their hand. You know what I'm saying? But let me read you a scripture. We've talked about joy before, and we're going to, not, not this joy, but the joy of the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Joy is not laughter. I'm just going to get that straight. Nothing wrong with laughter. Laughter is an expression of joy. Okay, don't pursue the laughter. Just let the joy produce the laughter. Let it produce other things. Because when you just look at joy as laughter, you miss what joy really is. It says in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, talking about the, the parable of the soils. It talks about four different types of ground, and we're not going to talk about that. But it does talk about in the second type of ground where when the seed goes in the ground and is conceived, the first thing that is manifested when the Word of God goes into your heart and springs up, it springs up with what? Joy. Joy is the first manifestation of the Word germinating in your life. That, and that joy will produce a reaction in you. It may be laughter. It may be giggling. It may be happiness. It may be strength. It will manifest in many ways, but there's something you need to hear about what joy really is. Because when it talks about 30, 60, and 100 fold return, it's talking about what it means is how long are you going to be able to hold on to your joy? See, if you hold on to your joy long enough, you'll get 30 fold return. If you hold on to your joy long enough, you'll get 100 fold return. If you let the cares and concerns of the world choke out the word and steal your joy, you're not going to receive any benefit from that seed because you've lost your joy. Now, well, we're not talking about that, though. Okay? So, but, that's, uh, but, but you need to understand, and what's that word? Is that the word of God? No. It's the word of the kingdom. That's what it says. It says the sower sowed in the word is the word of the kingdom. And it says when persecution and affliction comes, it's coming because of the word of of the kingdom. See, there's a message out there that the religious people don't want to hear. A message about the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And there's one thing that when it first comes into your life, springs forth, it's called joy. The most important thing you need to hold on to is the joy of the word or the joy of the Lord in your life. Let me show you. Turn to Isaiah. You need to read this. Put this in your pocketbook. Keep this on your dash, whatever it is. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, and put that on the board. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Wait a minute. I live on a farm. I live on a farm that I... I I wasn't raised on it, but I went up every summer to visit my grandparents. And my grandparents have this dipper. 
It's a tin dipper with a long handle with a little hook. Now, it's used for canning, I have learned. Last fall, that dipper is used for canning because I canned a whole lot of green beans. You don't know. Do I, I don't look like a canner, but I am a canner. I got beets, and I got all kind of vegetables canned up. All right? But I used a dipper. Was it Susie Homemaker? Oh, Stevie. Okay, that's better. All right. But I used a, this dip. But see, as a kid, we would use this dipper. We refused to drink. Let me just tell you, we got the best water. It's cold. I wonder why. But it's cold water right out of a well. And you can take your hands and do this. But when you use that dipper and take that dipper and stick, there's something about that little tin dipper. I don't know what it is. But as a kid, the water got better. And we use that dipper to draw the water from the well. And I saw this. Wait a minute. Joy is what reaches into the well of salvation to draw it to me so I can be strengthened and I can apply it today. I don't have to wait for it. You're going to be happy in heaven and have everything salvation has. But you can have it through. But the key for you to living in the salvation that the word talks about is by you just take, holding on to your joy because joy is what reaches into the well of salvation and brings out those truths to you. The longer you, if you have your dipper, you can get what you need. If you don't have your dipper, you can't draw. Joy is a dipper that draws. Is that what it says? Yeah. That's what it says. It says, therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells. You will drink from that well, that water. I'm not a deep theologian. But here's a question I've been asking people lately. And I understand spirit, soul, and body. I understand that. But if Jesus said, drink of me and you'll thirst no more, why are our songs, I thirst for you? <laughs> if Jesus said, eat of me and you'll hunger no more, hungry I come. I love those songs. Don't get me wrong. Oh, is, is, there, is there something we're missing? Is there, just, is there just an ongoing joy that we need to be walking in and just emanating? Is there supposed to be a happiness on the inside, a confident expectation of good things to come, knowing that everything that pertains to life and God has already been given unto me? The promise of God are yes and amen. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I should just be... I just, <gasps> to go through what i got to go through... Go, You've been given a dipper to draw from the well to, to, to take from everything that you have need of. That was the complicated part. I'm going to get to the easy part. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Before we read this, I'm going to give you, how many people remember 
me sharing a, a teaching or a series of teachings on the movie Hook. You remember that? Now, there's some people here who have never seen me before, and I, I, you're just so blessed. Uh, <laughs> how many people have ever seen the movie Hook? Raise up your hand. I need to know how in-depth I need to describe this. Robin Williams plays Peter Pan. Hook, 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 hook. Remember that one? Has everybody got everybody's attention? Not everybody, but some people. Let me. Do what? And, and Peter Pan had grown up. Now, we're not going to go back to those stories since you know, you know, what was can you crow? You remember that one? I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. Come on. Sound like a bunch of youth. Come on. I was watching that movie again. And in this movie, Peter Pan, who has grown up and become a man, but see, Peter Pan can only be a boy. Hey! And he He had forgotten who he was, so he couldn't fight, fly, or crow. And when he saw his reflection in the, the water and saw himself the way he really was, and the whole movie, listen, if you want a good Bible study, you already done it? Oh, you, you, you take your kids and you sit down and we're going to watch Bible study and watch a movie called, yeah, they watch that movie. And he said, okay, now, let's see how many Bible, biblical principles of Jesus we can see in this movie. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have a Bible study your kids will never forget. But anyway, it gets to this place in this movie at the end because, see, Robin Williams, as Peter, even though he was a man, he couldn't fight, he couldn't fly, and he couldn't crow. And it's the process of him beginning to see himself who he really was. And as he began to see himself and who he was, he saw the food. He saw what was available in the kingdom that he was in but never saw. He didn't understand what was going on because he couldn't see it because his imagination had been stifled as an adult. He didn't have childlike faith. And he's got this two kids in the story that he has, they're in the grasp and they're in the control of Hook. Matter of fact, the son is dressed up just like Captain. Now, who do you think Captain Hook is? <laughs> and he comes up to this. He, he's got to deliver them from Hook. And all he has to do is fly. But he can't fly. You know why? He didn't have a happy thought. Until he remembered what his happy thought was. Hey, John, look at me. He looked into the eyes of his son and said, You are my happy. And that's what gave him the ability to go through what he had to go through and do what he had to do. To run the race set before us. Let's read it. Put that on the board. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the... The what? I ask the question, what was the joy set before him? I've read that for years. It was just a word. See, whatever joy was, it caused him to go through what he had to go through. Had to give him the suffering and shame. Had to go through him the persecution, the stripes. Now see, in John chapter 17, you have one of the greatest prayers this earth has ever experienced. When a coach goes into a room in a football game for the Super Bowl, when a commander gets his soldiers together right before the fight, anytime there's a great adversity at hand, you're always called, whether it's in, listen, you're always called in to get a, not a pep talk, but tell you why you're doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? You're called in there to say, listen, in the, in the military, we were always reminded why we were doing what we're doing. You know, it was for the people, it was for our family, our loved ones. It was, we were willing to go through what we had to go through. But see, we were reminded of that. Before, rem, they said, remember, when things get hard, remember why you're doing what you're doing. It's for your family, it's for your loved one. It's for a greater cause than yourself. There was always this pep talk. Now, I, listen, in John chapter 17 is the greatest, listen, there's lots of things you can read and learn out of the scripture. But you need to learn this one thing. This one thing. This is the reason. I know the scripture says Jesus was made manifest to destroy the work of the devil. I understand that. But need to listen to what Jesus says. John chapter 17 it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe. What? The right thing in me through their word. That they will be one as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and glory and the glory listen to this oh this is power. and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one in them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them and you loved me. Father, I desire that, uh, that they also whom you gave may be with me where I am, seated in heaven, places far above principalities, uh, I am the, that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundations of the world. And what kind of love did he was hoping, believing, and asking God, his Father, to give us? The kind of love that was before the foundations of the world. This is, listen, this is, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What was set before Jesus to cause him, it wasn't laughter. When he was going, this was the last thing Jesus was praying before he went into the greatest conflict this world has ever known. When Jesus, immediately after he said this, he stepped into the conflict called the garden. As he stepped into the garden, he forgot about himself and went into that garden knowing one thing and one thing only, that you are his happy thought. You are the ones that God said to him, I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. And he said, I want them. And when he hung on the cross before he went to Calvary, he had one thing on his mind. It was you. You were the reason that he was able to get up and fight. You were the reason he was willing to die. You were the reason he was willing to suffer shame. It wasn't an emotion. You were his joy. You were his dipper that reached into the wells of salvation and drew what he needed so he could do what needed to be done for all men. And that's good preaching. Come on, church. It's not about a religion. It's not about which church you go to. It's that Jesus, he came to this earth so you could be one with him and them and you and one. Ah! Family! Quit all this arguing and complaining about trivial stuff. Hold on to your joy. Because if you got the joy, Jesus, who for the joy... Put your name right there. For the joy set before for you. He did what he did. There was only one thing that brought him joy. It was a happy thought. You are the happy thought that carried Jesus all the way through the resurrection. It's for you. Jesus told me this morning, I'm an assistant pastor of the largest church in the world. That's what I heard. All pastors on earth are assistant pastors to the largest church in the world. Because there's only one church. And I don't care what they say. They're not senior. I've got a senior brother. I'm an assistant pastor to the largest church and the only church in the world. Who for the joy set before you endured the cross. It goes on in verse 5. It says, And you won't grown weary and discouraged in your soul have forgotten the exhortation that calls to you as sons, not servants. <sighs> Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. you ever get discouraged you need joy in your life joy so what's your dipper
What's your happy thought? It's what he did. Remember, the unjust steward, the unjust, excuse me, the just steward walked into the joy of the Lord when he realized what the Lord had done for him. When you realize what the Lord has done for you, it should be your happy thought. And as you do that, you're going to enter the joy of the Lord that is set before you. So you can go through what you got to go through. So you can overcome what you need to overcome. It says the race that is set before you. You need to do it just like the race that was set before him. And he went through his race looking at joy. You need to go through your race looking at your joy. And I'm going through my marriage looking at mine. Let's worship.